The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and, of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan and Robin Washett. Nate Klaus in sunny Arizona. Robin, he'll join us later in the show over the phone remotely, but... Just you and me today, buddy, and and we'll hear from Blake Arney as well. Yeah, Nate's a lot smarter than us. He he got out of this uh, another cold snap and is enjoying the uh, nice southwestern temperatures right now. A kid-free trip to Arizona, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. So enjoy his uh, enjoy, time. Yeah. Enjoy it while you can, buddy. This week, uh, I think one of the big storylines that's been out there about Nebraska football. Number one, we now know the spring games at one o'clock BTN live telecast kickoff. So. Another year in a row, Nebraska gets the live window, not a tape-delayed window. It kind of tells you, um, obviously, the Big Ten is recognized. You know, this is a, a good event to air live because of the fact that it leads the nation in attendance. But um, in other news involving Nebraska football, these computer rankings <laughs> came out again, and it's it's kind of like one of those, it's a trap, it's a trap, mm-hmm. don't take the bait type things. Uh, but the ESPN FPI Football Power Index poll has Nebraska at number 22 um, I believe that's third, though, in the West. Wisconsin's one, Minnesota two. Huskers ahead of Iowa in that FPI index poll. Really uh, projected to be like an eight and four type team um, based on the FPI. Um, and I, I think when you talk to a lot of Nebraska fans, uh, there's just a lot of fear in trusting polls um, because, as we learned last year, it didn't go right for Nebraska, um, and, and a lot of people got into the Vegas over-unders, got into the FPI polls, and got into the preseason magazine stuff. And I think there's there's no doubt going to be a much more cautious optimism amongst Nebraska fans. Yeah, and there needs to be. Uh, if there's one thing we've learned during this very rough past decade is that preseason rankings and, and all that stuff mean absolutely nothing when it comes to when the ball finally kicks off in the fall. Uh, I mean, it's uh, you can say all you want about you know how Nebraska you know should project but um you know there's so many variables that we just don't know and especially like this particular season i don't understand why anyone would buy into that level of hype given just how many unknowns there are right now i mean we don't even know who the starting quarterback is officially going to be or who the top offensive line is going to be and and all these things and so uh and that's not even talking about one of the more difficult schedules nebraska's had to face in a long time especially the back half of that and so you know I don't know. I don't know how much of it is just, you know, clickbaiting Nebraska fans that are just so desperate to read anything positive at this point, or if they actually truly believe and there are true met- metrics out there that say Nebraska could be better than other- everybody thinks. But I think for right now, everything needs to be tempered. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned clickbait. I, I think there's like actually this conspiracy theory that <laughs> outlets... I'm a know, believer. Um, ...will write very favorably and rank Nebraska high because... 
It just gets linked like crazy, dominates our 36 hours of daily sports talk radio, and that is actually a fact, how much sports talk radio Nebraska has when you count Omaha, Lincoln, and other stations in the state. Uh, there is a lot of daily sports talk radio that goes on, and you do one of those polls, and you rank Nebraska here, and you make these kind of projections. All of a sudden, you're the lead on every sports talk radio show. Your stories get more traffic, yada, yada, yada. So that theory is real um, by a lot of folks out there uh, when you look at it. But I do think, Robin, when you look at this team way early in advance, I mean, there are some areas that you like. I mean, the offensive line's better. We know the receiver position is going to be better. We think the two new running backs coming in of Dedrick Mills should give Nebraska better play at running back, especially once Maurice Washington left the roster. We know the quarterbacks. There's guys there. We know tight end will be better with Volkolek. Defensive front seven still a question. We know the secondary returns a lot of guys. But leads me to the next thing, special teams. We learned this week, Robin, Nebraska has their new senior analyst, Jonathan Rutledge, uh, from Auburn to, to run and manage special teams. He'll make about $150,000 a year um, running this. And a lot of questions, Robin, on just what Rutledge's role is going to be and kind of how he'll, he'll be, basically be a coach but not really a coach. Yeah, and you know we've we've talked about this before when we were just discussing the analyst role in general. Um, and obviously, you know, as we pointed out, there are a lot of limitations as far as what an analyst can do as opposed to a full time coach, especially when it comes to on field instruction. So that part of it, you know, he's not going to really be um, that involved in that regard. But what I think his biggest uh, asset is going to be is the week to week game planning um, with that third element, you know, understanding not only uh, different schemes and whatnot, but addressing personnel decisions, uh, you know, handling, you know, with the spe- especially with as much emphasis as the staff puts on that four game redshirt rule and dispersing freshmen on special teams. Uh, that can be something that he can help manage directly and spend a lot of time figuring that stuff out to where those full time assistants can focus on their specific duties and there's one less thing on their plate. And, you know, I think they kind of struggled with that last year, you know, with Javon DeWitt going through his situation. A lot of those other coaches had to pick up the slack and um, take on even more responsibilities than what was already you know given to them. So I think just having that kind of burden in the hands of somebody else, um, even if they do still have to do a lot of the on-field instruction, is going to be a big relief for the, for the full-time staff. Yeah, what I envision Rutledge doing is he's going to be the guy that moves the pieces, organizes the units, manages – all of those elements of the special teams. And then obviously the coaching staffs are each going to have a a different responsibility. Like one guy is going to be in charge of these guys on kickoff and those guys on punt return, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, But you're going to have almost a manager um, that files the paperwork and organizes and shuffles how things are going to be um, with a lot of those players. So that will be something interesting to watch. Now on roster news, Couple of pieces this week, Robin, that popped. Um, you know, on Friday it was a busy Valentine's Day night for me in the Callahan household. <laughs> Thankfully, we ordered our heart shaped pizza, and I was home because we reported on Jonathan Rutledge Friday night. Um, we're able to confirm that report, but then two other announcements happened. Darian Chase, the wide receiver out of Washington, put his name in the transfer portal. And then Christian Gaylord got his sixth year of eligibility, which we knew was coming, but um, the official official waiver came Friday night. So 
Uh, nothing like the old-fashioned Friday night news dump, um, literally, um, <laughs> past 6 o'clock when all these things kind of broke. Yeah, and you know, obviously the Gaylord news was expected, um, but the Chase situation, I thought, kind of took some people by surprise given the fact that you know, he was one of those young wide receivers that has been talked about all last season as being right on the cusp of being able to crack the rotation. And he seemed like, you know, he was maybe the closest, even though it never really translated onto the field. But um, you got to wonder kind of what happened there. And maybe that's a reflection of uh, the influx of new talent Nebraska's brought in uh, at that position in particular. Maybe he kind of saw the writing on the wall that, um, you know, he was being recruited over or there was going to be a lot more competition than maybe he anticipated. So um, you can view it in a couple different ways. Certainly, you know, you you hate to see a, a promising young player like that leave without even making a, a semblance of an impact but uh, maybe that's a reflection more of what that room looks like now compared to where it did a year ago all right well robin um it, you know we got a different show today without nate in studio um so we're gonna do some more basketball today i'm gonna give you a little bit more time and have yeah well, we'll do basketball and then a lot of basketball recruiting i believe yeah so we will talk <laughs> look to the future not just the season but we're going to do a dedicated segment to what is going on with recruiting with scholarship numbers with sit out guys on the roster but particularly i want to get your thoughts robin um, on that lincoln north star miller north game that you attended and then even what you heard about miller north versus img academy um, as far as the talent goes it's my understanding i think Stu pops has still had this in the world herald that tino martinez the organizer um, of the Heartland Classic out there in Grand Island, Hoops, Heartland Hoops Classic, said that IMG Academy was the most talented team they've had, even more so than Oak Hill Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Miller North was right there with them, um, played them very respectable. Um, and it sounds like maybe IMG Academy could be I – mean, we're going to see Miller North out there again next year, and maybe they'll play IMG Academy again. Yeah, maybe. And that would be a nice coup for the Heartland Classic. So when we come back, we are going to talk more about basketball recruiting and what's next on that front. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.